Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever, where we have amazing conversations with women that have come from a place of selfless to selfful, from a place of self-loathing to self-love, from stepping into the next level of their voice and their true authentic self, their calling, their purpose, and coming from that juicy place of a full cup, and also to tips and tricks in solo casts, mini solo casts to inspire you on a weekly basis to bring more light and more inspiration to your life to know that you can live from that full cup too. So I, I'm excited today to actually invite and thank Paula for being here. Okona. Okone. Okone. Oh, I you love that. It. That's so beautiful. I should have asked you before we started. So my apologies. That's <laughs> fine. I do that. Okone. I love that. It's a beautiful, beautiful name. And the background of that name, I'm going to ask something about that after we do her bio, but I do know some about her and she just has this jewel-like quality about her, this peace and this light that shines through her that I hope that you can just open yourself and to feel and to receive the gift of today. So Paula is a woman that's in tech. She's a leader and an entrepreneur. As a self-described tech lover, this baby boomer sees herself as an encourager to other women, especially seasoned immigrant women who struggle to have a voice while at the same time being intimidated by technology. As a teenager, Paula struggled with math, but through the patient tutoring of an aunt, was able to overcome that and went on to become a mathematician. This evolved into accountancy and later on going back to school to study information systems. As an entrepreneur, Paula met and became friends, clients, and worked with many small business owners locally, regionally, and nationally, and now internationally with all that we have going on in the technology world. Fascinated with the story behind every business, Paula researched and learned the ins and outs of podcasting. In 2014, she launched her first podcast, Chatting with the Experts, in which she interviewed local, regional, and international business owners. Fascinated with the story behind every business. Oh, just went back again. I'm going to tell you that story again. <laughs> However, giving back to women was always the uppermost in her mind, especially when she saw how underpresented women were in tech and STEM. So what would STEM be? That's science, technology, engineering, and math. Beautiful. In 2016, she met with like-minded women together. They launched a podcast called Lady Tech Charmers a thought-provoking, tech-encouraging podcast. Lady Tech Charmers, or LTC, is now the podcast of Caroline Women in Tech, or CWIT, whose mission is to empower, engage, and educate women in tech. I think I'm going to have to jump onto that podcast. I know I could learn a lot. <laughs> and even more, she's now got more going on than that. She's really the podcast master always looking for ways to give back to women, especially immigrant women like herself. In 2020, she changed her focus of her podcast to seek out and interview and showcase women from Africa and the Caribbean 
who have migrated to the US, the UK, and Canada. Coaching women on how to start podcasting is also a service she offers. One of her clients now hosts two podcasts in the UK, Test Talks and Test Leads. Wow. <laughs> Welcome, Paula. I'm going to make sure that in that, on the heading line of our, uh, our, of our podcast that we're going to include. You want to learn something about podcasting? Have a listen. <laughs> Have a listen to this woman. This is key. Wow. Paula, with your desire to help women to, uh, in, in the immigrant space, can you tell us about your journey coming to Canada? I'm in the United States. It's the United States, into North America. <laughs> ah, I'm coming into the United States. Well, I call myself, first of all, I need a lot of people to know that I'm really grateful to be on Kate's podcast. Um, to be on the other side of the microphone is always so interesting, but at the same time, I'm honored because most times I'm the one asking the question. So thank you, Kate, for having me on. I'm so honored to have you here too. And I guess I'm a little nervous because I'm doing a little bit of fumbling because you're such a pro. <laughs> no pro. I learn every single day. That's been my mantra for some years. That there's something new that I don't know that I learn and that makes me grow. So I can learn from anyone. Awesome. So coming back to your question, um, I'm a citizen of the world. Uh, my parents are immigrants to England. And um, well, they didn't, they weren't married when they got to England, they met in England. And as such, being from two different parts of the world, we lived all over the place. And I say that to say that the United States is the fifth country I've lived in. Wow, um, yeah. you are a citizen of the world. <laughs> and um, I came to the United States, I, think, I guess, to better myself. Um, I had worked in the Caribbean for some time. And I was looking for other, other, other opportunities. I'm fumbling now. And so it's I contagious. <laughs> it is as a podcaster. I tell everyone who's podcasting that when I am the podcast host, I am going to make the first mistake. And invariably I do. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So I asked this, uh, wanted to ask this question. Uh, I, this is the fifth country that you've been in. So you've been all over the place. What mm -hmm. did you find? What inspired you to um, focus on uh, immigrant women and, and helping them have a voice? What did you experience in your own life that brought you to that space of wanting to help others? How did you feel that you didn't have a voice? And what was that like in that journey? All right. So thank you for that question. So as you can hear, I have an accent. And that, when I came to the United States, that was the first time I was told or I'd ever heard the phrase, you have an accent. Because for me, <laughs> it was always other people had accents or, you know, we all have accents. And my dad always used to say the only person who doesn't have an accent when speaking English has to be the English person because that's their language. And so they speak it in the way they created it. So to cut a long story short, I came to the United States. I had visited on many occasions and there's a difference between visiting and actually, I guess, living. Cause then I started hearing, oh, where are you from? You have an accent. Mm -hmm. And the more I heard that, the more, you know, it started, I, bec I became aware of it. 
I remember the first time I had to make an appointment with a doctor and I called the clinic or the hospital, I can't remember which one, which it was. And the receptionist or whoever answered the phone said, hold on a minute, should I get you an interpreter? And I was shocked because, you know, English was the only language I spoke and have ever spoken. I mean, I may speak some, you know, variations of English when I'm either in the Caribbean or Nigeria, but English is my only language. And so that started me down the journey of thinking, wow, I mean, I really am different. So cut a long story short, um, I had children and, you know, they, of course, are Americans and they had American accents. And so sometimes we'd go out to um, like uh, fast food. And I always liked the drive through, especially when my children were, were young, because it was easier. I didn't have to take them out if it was cold, bundle them up and bring them back in the car, et cetera. And I started noticing every time I go through the drive through nobody would seem to understand me. Or if it was um, sometimes going to, um, doing the drive through for even the, um, the pharmacies, the same thing. It would be like, huh, ma'am, what did you say? And so <laughs> I started becoming a lot more conscious. And I guess subconsciously that made me not want to talk much. And it, made me kind of withdrawing to myself. Wow. So that's kind of what led me onto the journey of thinking then, hmm, yeah. And I am an immigrant and, you know, my accent is obviously something that I shouldn't say impeded me, but maybe in my mind, I felt it was. So um, to answer your question fully, the more I lived here, the more I saw you know a lot of that happening not just to me but like um, friends of mine you know sometimes feeling that oh I can't do this or I want to do this but maybe I'm going to be limited by my voice or you know I'd have as I said coming back to my children who were the focal point of my life I guess or one of the focal points of my life um I'd arrange for play dates and then they come and say mom uh, my friend's mom said you called to arrange a, a play date and they didn't understand what you said and I'm like what you know and so um, when I started doing podcasting in 2013, I always mix up the date, 13 or 2014, um, I realized that now this has given me a, a chance to start talking, to, a chance to start ex not, uh, not expressing myself, but talking publicly because one-on-one -on -one I was fine, one-on-two I was fine, but then the idea of having to talk in public really scared me or worried me. Um, I'd have sleepless nights to my, my husband's horror. He'd be like, but what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. I just don't like talking in public. And so. Um, then why are you doing a podcast? He would exactly. say, right? Yeah. He didn't say that at first. I guess he kind of was like, maybe that would help her or something like that. He didn't even quite understand what this whole podcast business was about or this whole, what podcasting was about. But I saw there was a, a um, advantage of podcasting for me. I mean, not only was I learning more about people, hearing their stories and sharing it, but also for me, it gave me an opportunity to talk more, to talk more to people, to talk to the three, four, five, you know, in quotes, I was on stage and talking without actually having to stand in front of an audience. And so that's why in 2018, it started dawning on me that this is something that I can use 
to encourage other women like myself um, and encourage them to have a plat- platform where they too can express themselves. So Amazing. And isn't that so the truth when, uh, when we step into coaching, leading or inspiring is that whatever the message is that we carry is what we've carried ourselves. The mess, yeah. the, the message is in our mess <laughs> is one of, is, is actually one of my friends saying, so I like that saying. Yeah. So whatever challenge we are. So then we invite people into our space that are a step or two or three behind us, but it's the same. It's kind of like how we find our avatar is to look into where it is that we are and where we came from. What were the challenges that we had? Absolutely. And I particularly remember a woman coming to me. um, She was in the tech space and I, ran into her on another occasion when I, after I had started the the podcast and she was from, I think a South American country. And she said, Paula, you're doing this. I said, doing what? She said, I heard your podcast and you're like me, you have an accent and you feel comfortable doing that. And I was like, (laughs) yes and no, you know, um, and when she said so at that time, I, I, I felt for her. Um, I guess the difference between me and her was, well, she had the advantage of having two languages. I only spoke English. Mm. So, you know, um, so as she said, she wasn't that confident in her English ability to have a podcast. But when she said that to me, it kind of struck a note. And I told myself at some point, I'm going to, do something like this for immigrant women, not necessarily women who are um, not proficient in English, but just women who have, you know, relocated and had to adjust to being in a new country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. It's, it's, it's very inspiring when we can sort of find our, it's very inspiring when we can find our path and then it evolves and it, it keeps moving forward when you were in a space of, because this is all about from a movement in time, from the, you know, kind of the hero's journey, really. So when you were in a space of giving too much and you responded with the answer motherhood. So maybe you can expand on that so that the listeners kind of get a picture and they can maybe identify with where you were coming from. Sure. <laughs> I chuckle. When I wrote that, I was chuckling at the same time. Um, so um, prior to becoming a mom, I was a mathematician. I was uh, an accountant. Um, I taught in secondary school. That's what we would call it here. It's high school. And um, I was, you know, all about, I guess, me and what the next steps are. But after becoming a mother, you realize that your identity changed. I now had two young ones and I was married. I have to add that bit. So it wasn't just me on, I wasn't a single mom, Um, but I had two young people whose lives I realized really depended upon me. And as they grew, I saw, or I felt within myself that I could not really um, do the things that I wanted to do. Uh, For example, my husband was a physician and he was very involved in, you know, in his job. Uh, I, on the other hand, um, had thought about going back to school to get a CPA, but I looked at my 
two-year-old at that time. And we did have family around. My, par- my parents, I'm not even sure if my dad had passed. My dad had already passed. So my mom was living in the Caribbean. My sisters were in different parts of the world. And I didn't mm-hmm. really have any family. And I thought, well, can I do this? I saw all the books I had to study. And then I had her. And I had a five-year-old at the same time. And I realized, I can't do this. I got to give. Something's got to give. And so I decided that my dreams or my ambition for being a CPA had to be put on the bench. And I had to look around and say, what else can I do so that I can be um, present when my children are with me? Because my husband was working long hours. And um, that's when I decided that, okay, I'm going to go into doing um, information systems. So I applied to, uh, it was a community college to do information systems. And it was a struggle. I mean, I still had the children. They were pretty young, two and five. And of course, um, you know, as they grew, I grew with them too, I want to say. But um, it was tough, you know. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't um, a four-year college, but the work was intensive. I still had, you know, my husband. I still had um, things, housework. I still had them and my children and their emotional needs. And um, I always remember my mom saying that she was a nurse and she, there were six of us. And I remember her always saying that, you know, the best thing you can do is rear your children so that they become the best citizens of the world and they than if you went there in their lives. And so that's why I decided to put a lot of the things that I wanted to do on the back burner and be there for my children. And so talking about losing yourself, in a way, you know, I think, well, let me talk for myself. In a way, I probably lost my identity as, you know, as being a CPA by being the best mom I could for those young people. And uh, What I lost on one end, I think I gained on the other because I have two amazing children. I mean, they're in their 20s now, mid-20s. And when I hear them say, you know, that, you know, mom, you're the best thing ever. I mean, I was um, um, talking with somebody recently and the two of them came up to me and they were talking with me as I spoke with this person. And unanimously, they said, our mom is the best ever. And I, in America, they say you tear up. So tears came to my eyes and I felt, okay, it's been worth it, you know? So what I think I lost, I actually have gained because I have two young adults who would do anything for me. They're not rude. They, you know, I mean, they don't give me any problems. They've gone to some of the top schools and have excelled and continue, continue wanting to do you know, be the best that they can be in their lives and as they serve others. So I lost something, but I gained a lot. Uh, you were you were a shining example. So as opposed to coming out of a place of, <clears throat> so in that mothering place, you were allowed to be present to and still be full as opposed to coming from a place of, I want to be here and here and here. And, be, and coming from an empty place and a place of resentment and a place of impatience and a place of, it's like, hey, I'm focusing on this one thing and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to help them become the best human beings for the world as adults. That is, 
And being a mom, I think is the most amazing. And it's the biggest thing that anybody can do because you are the one that is so key to their development. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We need our moms. (laughs) We do. We do. I mean, even at my age, you know, my mom, unfortunately, is suffering from dementia. Mm. And but for years, she was the rock in my life and my siblings' lives. And we still talk about that. So, you know, as I said, when I wrote Motherhood, I was chuckling, but I was talking about it because from the point of view that sometimes it seems like you lose everything, but you don't really. It's a very, it's a great perspective, really Mm -hmm. is. Because when you have the right perspective, you can come from a selfful place, even when you're giving everything to motherhood. Yeah. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. Yeah. And so you still pursued, I mean, you actually, you had a, uh, I was going to say a blurp, a blip, a blip, a blip of a space where you focused on raising your kids and then you actually pursued what it was that you wanted to pursue. So you were still in that same vein. You did become a CPA, right? Uh, well, no, I did. I didn't go back and become a CPA. I am. Um, oh, you went the, into what well, you went into the tech. Yes. Things change. Yeah. Things change. Yeah. Things change. And you know, there's something also that my daughter always said, well, both of them, they were like, mom, I'm happy that you worked part-time because if anything happened in school, I knew you would be there, you know, I knew you'd show up. And many a times I did have to show up, you know, but here we are. Creating a sense, a safe place to fall. Mm-hmm. So important. Wow. Amazing. I, I, I found this was really interesting. So the defining moment when you realized that something was missing in your life, what did it feel like? When, and, and then what did it make, what did it feel like when you made the shift? And uh, I loved what you said. You said you were searching for the next right thing. So maybe you could tell the audience a little bit about that, where you, where you were and then what was missing and then searching for the right thing. Cause I think that that's really important because I think that comes, that comes from a different place than that true authentic self. It comes from a should place. Yeah. And so, um, as I mentioned, I went, I did information systems and I came out, I got my degree, um, but there were, my daughter had got very ill. And so I had to even put that on a hold for a while. But then when I started looking for jobs, everyone was asking for two to five years experience. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to lie and tell you that I worked in such and such a place when I didn't. So I decided to do something of my own and I opened a small business doing web design and development. And I say with a chuckle that it seemed it was good for a while, but then everybody seemed to be doing that at one point. And so that was the next thing I was looking for, like, what else can I do? How can I stand out? I need to do the next right thing for me and my family. Mm. And as I was, yes. And as I was thinking about that and prayed about that, because I'm a Christian woman, I was in my car driving. I don't know if it was going to see a client or going to a networking meeting. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I was listening to the radio and somebody started talking about podcasting. 
And when I heard that, I said, this is what I'm looking for. This is the next right thing for me. And that's how I went to the next networking meeting or yeah. And after giving my elevator pitch about, you know, I do web design and development. I also said, and I also do podcasting and there was a shift, you know, people started leaning forward and they're like, you know, you could see in their eyes, what is she talking about? And I said, well, whoever wants to be on my show, see me afterwards. And I got more responses then than I had for, you know, web design and development. And thus began my podcasting career. So when you had those conversations after the, the event, were the conversations about podcasting or were they then an opportunity to talk about the other things that you did as well? Both. Yeah. It's, you know, oh, because, yeah, cool. yes, because what I realized that people didn't really know what podcasting was. So there was that curiosity. But now it was also giving me an opportunity to, you know, go to them to their businesses and mm-hmm. I was going on their terms. So, you know, we went from me searching for more work to me being invited into the space to talk about them in their offices, to interview them, uh, to, you know, find out more about them so that they could be the guest on my show. So, you know, there was a shift and um, doors opened that I didn't expect to open. Uh, opportunities came about that I didn't anticipate would. And as I said, it was, it was amazing because I found out that people like to talk about themselves. People like to talk about their business. You know, people like to talk about the things that they're most comfortable about. And um, they know most about themselves and most about their own business, right? That's, that's, (laughs) So true. And, um, you know, I mentioned that I did not like public speaking. And so um, a friend of mine um, invited me because she too was struggling with public speaking to go to a public speaking um, class. And that's where I learned that, you know, the best, the easiest way to do a, a, a speech is so, you know, like they do at Toastmasters, you do that opening speech, what is it, the icebreaker, mm-hmm. where you talk about yourself. It's easier. You don't need to cram or you don't need to learn anything. It's about you. And as I said, my podcasting journey began that way. Amazing. So then that's a great message for the listeners out there, anyone that's thinking about having a podcast. Uh, one is find what it is that you are passionate about doing for others and be true to that. And you found a great cause and uh, something extremely helpful. And that if we just remember that it's about the other person, then no matter what the fear is of being on stage, we can overcome that. Let them talk. (laughs) So true. Can you share a story? Oh, yeah, because you did touch on this, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. The, the story of breakthrough that you had uh, and how it affected your life thereafter. And it was connected to podcasting. So I would like to hear the emotional uh, part of that breakthrough and that shift that you had and what you felt. Sure. So again, um, as you can see, there's a thread running through. 
fear of public speaking (laughs) (laughs) and fear of talking before a group of people or in front of a group of people. And so my breakthrough was once I started doing the podcasting and meeting people and hearing their stories and having to present their stories in a way that I felt would be interesting to the listeners, I got more comfortable with talking in public, in quote. I got more comfortable in talking about people, about themselves. And I got more comfortable reaching out to people. I got more comfortable being in front of a crowd. And so the shift in my life was that it made me more comfortable with me. It made me realize that, yes, I do have a message. Yes, I do have a gift. Yes, I do have something that people want to hear. And as I said recently to my, um, one of my siblings, and, and she also echoed the same thing. Yes, it made me realize that I'm exotic. I'm, and <laughs> I'm not saying that to boast. I'm just saying that more from the point of view that because we had come from a family with our parents being um, immigrants in England and then our parents being from two different parts of the world, we had moved and lived in different countries and had tried to fit into those countries that we moved to. And so I think that had a bit to play in not being comfortable in, you know, being in a new environment because it was yet another adjustment. But as I spoke with people and heard their lives and compared it to mine, I realized that, wow, I had been given an opportunity to tour the world and learn about new places, not by visiting for a week or two weeks or 10 days, to actually live there. And so my breakthrough came through interviewing people, hearing about their life stories and becoming more and more comfortable speaking. And the more we hear other people's stories, we begin to feel less isolated and less different mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I'm just a human going through my journey. Right. <laughs> we all have our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So what is, oh yeah, we'd love to hear uh, a story that comes to mind because we've all had many things. And, and as opposed to calling, I call it a failure because, I mean, we can call it many other things, lessons, a challenge, whatever that might be. But if, a story of a uh, challenge on your journey and what you chose to learn from it. On that journey of becoming the podcaster and the okay. evolution of that. Yeah. So I think my failure was realizing um, very soon that, podcasting wasn't just talking with people. There were also technical things involved and I needed to be better prepared. I remember um, one or two, well, real failures, um, having an awesome interview once and this was on on Skype and I hadn't really tried it out. Someone had said, why don't you use Skype? I mean, that's a great method. You don't have to, um, well, it's it's video. Um, You can see the person, it doesn't have to be on the phone because initially I started off using, those days we still had landline. So I would use a landline, put it on speakerphone. I had this um, software called Audacity that I would record with and ask them to put their own (laughs) Um, telephone on speaker and that's how I would record and then someone said you need to try Skype and I decided to try Skype without doing enough research it was a beautiful interview but at the end there was nothing 
I mean, I couldn't hear, I could hear myself, but I couldn't hear my guests. Mm. And so I had to humble myself and go back and say, you know what, you did a fantastic job. I think he had put on a tie. He had made sure that everywhere was, you know, quiet. It booked out that time and there was nothing to show for it. And um, there was another time, um, this time I was recording with um, some of my co-hosts and I, we had used this uh, uh, SD card and we had used it for some time and I should really have had an, an additional one. And so we were recorded in the studio, we were doing a series and we had spent like three or four hours, you know, recording. It was wonderful. And at the end, we took out the um, SD card with the assumption that everything was fine. And then we played it when we wanted to um, edit it and there was nothing. And what, you know, so in terms of failures, I mean, I look at it, I did more from the podcasting point of view, which I guess because podcasting kind of is the source of my life. And I mean, something I really enjoy. I've had up to so many failures with that. I've also had a time where, you know, I've double booked and like, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell this, um, this not client, but this person that we really can't see her or we, can, we won't be able to, um, you know, interview her at this time because we have somebody else or the time where um, before COVID where we were still using the studio and we asked people to call in and the telephone connection just wouldn't work. And, you know, this is something that I've been promoting and saying, we're going to have it out next week. And there was nothing to do. So those failures have taught me more or less that I need to be better prepared and I need to be open to having other options. And I need to be, you know, um, it also enabled me to set up systems so that my guests, my, me or um, my co-host would always be ready for whatever happens next. That's great. Yes. Always being extra prepared. And I, it's, it's interesting because you can you think that you're ready and not be ready, or you can think, Oh, it's not a problem. It's just, it's just this. <laughs> and it's all yep. those, the, the checkpoints, the, you know, is my phone off? Is my sound working? Is <laughs> all these different things that happen. I remember doing a podcast recently where she didn't want to wear a headset and I let it go. And that was my mistake. And it's too, and, and the, the, the failing was, is that it was such a beautiful interview and the sound wasn't great. So <laughs> I can relate to that too, you know, and there, I mean, I can really relate to that. So many times I do put it as do stress and it's best if you wear a headphone because if you wear headphones, because it really, I mean, improves the, uh, the audio quality and over and over and over again, I have the guests without that, but sometimes the interview just can't hold. Yeah. That's okay. We'll just move on. (laughs) So what's the next level of juicy for you? And then what have you got? What do you, what do you, what's the next thing for you? You know, that's a good question. I've been thinking about that. I'm praying about that too. I am writing a book. 
And it's something that um, my mom always wanted to write a book. Growing up, she always said, oh, my gosh, we've, you know, there's so many things that have happened in our lives that, you know, she should write a book about. But unfortunately, she never had a chance to. And I thought that was her journey. But in 2018, I really felt I needed to start writing a book. I put it off uh, because I had so many other things going on at that time. But in 2019, January, I was reminded again, I was thinking about it and then it was confirmed by my niece and a cousin, I think, of some family member coming back to me and saying, what about that book that you said you're writing? And so I think that's going to be the next big thing for me, my book. Um, I'm closer to the end than I have ever been. Um, so it's begun and it's close to the end. Yep. And the title of the book is? That's why I'm closer to the end because I have not decided on the title. I initially, I thought it was going to be called Downtrodden, but not forgotten, but I have changed that and I'm toyed with many different titles. So look out. I haven't decided yet, but I will. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And something really big um, and important that I think is a, uh, a wonderful thing because everybody needs a different uh, I don't really like the word ritual, but sort of a habit, I suppose, or something that people can do to help them each day. So something that you do a personal habit or daily routine that continues to contribute to your success. I try and spend as much time early in the morning with my Lord and my savior, Jesus Christ, I'm a Christian. And so I don't do it every day. Mm -hmm. And even when I do do it, sometimes it's not, sometimes it may be 10 minutes because I got something out, something not else, but something has come up or I'm starting earlier. But my habit is to wake up in the morning and be thankful for each new day and thank the Lord for bringing me through the night because ultimately when we are asleep we really don't know what's happening around us or what can happen to us mm -hmm. and that's been something that has kept me going that's great so gratitude gratitude is a big gratitude. deal and do you do like a form of meditation or prayer as well i do yeah i meditate on the word of god and i pray and um and i write i write i don't do write down as much i, I realize i'm someone that um I'm more auditory. I like more of the spoken word. So okay. sometimes I listen. I have like the scriptures playing in the background and I meditate on them. I am trying to write a bit more. As I said, I'm writing a book. And so I'm trying to write a bit more. But even when I was writing my book, I spoke it. You know, Google um, has that um, tool in Google Docs that you can actually speak. I did a lot of my uh, book by speaking into Google Docs. So, yeah. So, uh, so you are going to have an audible book then too, aren't you? At some point, yes. It's not, uh, I mean, because it has to be edited. So whatever I spoke into Google Docs would be, um, I, I didn't record that. No, I, you no, know, no, you no can, but when it's finished. When it's finished, yes. Yeah. 
Well, that's it amazing. It has to be Audible. It yes. has to be, because I love Audible. I love, 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 love Audible. And as somebody said, it's not surprising considering I do a podcast, so. Oh, of course. It totally makes sense. Yes. <laughs> totally makes sense. So I just, uh, so we're going to wrap, we're going to wrap up this time together. And I just want to thank you and honor you again for being here today with us. And I want to thank the listeners for being here as well. And that you, um, this, the things that you shared is, is really being, okay, so I, I'm going to just pull a couple of points one that really struck me is that whatever it is that you're deciding to do, be it there a hundred percent so that you can be your best. Cause that's the, it's actually the easiest way to be your best. Mm-hmm. If, if we can get present to where it is that we are and if we're mothers, if we're not mothers, whatever it is that we're doing to bring ourselves present, to live in the fullness of the moment. And then things come with more ease as opposed to, striving. I agree. And that regardless of your fear, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, Paula actually helps women start podcasts. She does individual coaching to help them with the tech and to get things put together. And uh, so you can reach out to her for that. And that she's, mm, she carries many stories of women that have not had a voice, that have learned to step into their voice and to express themselves freely and to, uh, to be, again, in that place of fullness as well, into that juicy life. So I love that. It's a, a, a very, uh, I, I love that so many people are coming in and really helping women to own their voices. It's so important. And that you're really making a difference for people that come from different countries, because coming from a different country is so much more of a challenge. No matter how accepting the environment might be where you are, you're still coming from a different country. So you've really created an amazing space and uh, look forward to thinking about more people. I just thought of somebody else that would be an amazing person as your guest. Thank you. Yes. And remembering to spend time in gratitude each day. You never know what's going to happen in the night while you were asleep. So to wake up in the morning and speak gratitude into the joyousness of that new day. Yes. Yeah. It's important. It's grounding. Absolutely. So thank you everyone for being here uh, and uh, for listening to living your juiciest life ever. And remember this one thing, you are a miracle. You have been created to be a miracle and you are a miracle. Have an amazing, incredible day. And we'll see you on the next side.